Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoyed this message from last Thursday. How's everybody doing? Y'all happy you're on break? Y'all got a day off tomorrow? Who's off tomorrow? By show of hands, who's off tomorrow? If you're in the chat, put your hands up in the chat. But I know that you guys are excited about being out of school. I missed those days a little bit. Not that much, but a little bit. Let's get right into it tonight. We're going to come from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to start in verse 12. I encourage you guys, I keep saying this every week, make sure that you download the Bible app to your phone. I don't know, do you guys carry tablets now? Is this tablet still a thing for teenagers? Find the, find the Blue Letter Bible online, find uh, Bible Gateway online, however way you can access the Bible. Y'all ask your parents for shoes, why not ask for a physical Bible? Ask your parents to get you a new King James Version or a new Living Translation is something that's easy to read and comprehend. So I encourage you guys, get your word for yourself, amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting from verse 12. If you don't already have it, it's up on the board. I'm not going to be before you guys long. That's what they always say. But verse 12 says, If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I'll read that one more time. When you are tempted... He will show you a way out so that you can endure. The title of tonight's message is Don't Fall. It's a trap, 2.0. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, help be with us. Decipher this word that is about to be spoken tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Wisdom. Thank you so much. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Be careful not to fall. I don't know what your guys' particular situation is. I don't know what your particular struggle is. I don't know what you guys are dealing with at home. But listen, if it's anything away from God, don't fall for the okie doke. Don't fall for the momentary satisfaction. Listen, as I've gotten older, $20 is nothing. $20 will last you a meal. It won't satisfy you for the long run. There are so many things that, that try to present themselves as, as something that will satisfy us that can't satisfy us. Some of us have been in situations where we try to medicate with, with drugs or alcohol, but that's something that can't satisfy us. So many of us try to, try to satisfy ourselves by getting into a relationship, but in, all, in reality, that's not something that will satisfy us. Some of us have have, even at an early age, an addiction to pornography, but we come to the realization that that's not going to satisfy us. The only thing that will truly satisfy us is Jesus Christ. The only thing that will truly satisfy us is what God has to offer us, not what the world has to offer us. I'm letting you know this now. I'm letting you know of the pitfalls and the mistakes that I'm trying to free you up from of the mistakes that some of us as leaders and some of us as, as adults have made. That listen, you don't have to make those same mistakes. You don't have to fall for the same traps. You don't have to, 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 to fall into the same sins that your fathers and forefathers did. 
Now that you've been made aware, we have to remember in this walk with Christ, no matter how good it gets, no matter how comfortable it gets, that we don't get too high-minded within our own strength that we think that we got it. Because in reality, we don't. In reality, it's only from the goodness of God that we're able to overcome the things that used to keep us bound. So, so, so I got three points to give you guys, and we're almost going to be done. We're going to go right into the after party. Because I truly believe that, that, that there is some things that we need to talk about when it comes to temptation. And listen, I'm not here to talk about specifically sexual sin, but temptation could be anything that draws you away from God. Temptation could be anything that draws you away from, from trusting and, and, and having faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Temptation, by definition, is this. The trial of man's fidelity, integrity, virtue, constancy, and enticement to sin, temptation, whether arising from the desires or from the outward circumstances, an internal temptation to sin. And here's the problem with sin. A lot of us treat it like this. A lot of us treat it like it's something light and easy to handle. But the word of God says this in James chapter 1, verses 15. Then when sin has conceived, it gives birth to, sorry, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. That listen, although the temptation might seem small and seem like something that you can handle, isn't it something like a seed? You know what seeds tend to do, you guys? You don't have to be a farmer to know this. Seeds tend to grow. Most seeds tend to grow and bear fruit. And if you allow that seed of temptation to dwell inside your heart, it's going to grow, it's going to bear fruit, and the fruit of that temptation is going to be death. Not just feeling bad, but being separated from, 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 from God. So I'm encouraging you guys, don't, don't take the temptation too lightly. Don't take a, a, a quick, uh, inappropriate text message from somebody just thinking that you can handle it. Don't, don't take that, that you watching that particular show that you know that you shouldn't be watching as something that's light. There's, there's something that I always remember. I always say, man, if I can't watch this in front of my grandma, I shouldn't be watching this. This is the mindset that we have to have, that, that we don't have to live a lifestyle where a part of us is in secret and a part of us is, is different on the outside. I've talked to many of, our, many of my friends, and I've come to the conclusion, like, it's tiring trying to be two different people. It's tiring trying to be a Christian in public and being a sinner in private. It's tiring trying to be two-faced. It's tiring trying to code switch in front of your saved people and act like a fool around the people that, that, that aren't saved. I'm encouraging you guys, don't fall for the okey-doke. Don't fall for the things that this world has to, has to provide to you. That it is nothing. It is nothing that compares to the goodness of God. It is nothing that compares to the things that God has for you. The things that are, are satisfactory. The things that will truly fulfill you. And we'll answer this question real quick. It's like, JR, you're making this temptation thing sound really serious. Because all y'all got real quiet and was just like, ooh, he said sex. We can't talk about sex. Ooh, he said addiction. We can't talk about addiction. We can't talk about relationships in church. Why not? If we can't define life by the word of God, then, then what are we doing? This is where it starts in the word of God. I have three things for you guys. And these are three ways that we can beat temptation. Y'all following? Y'all taking notes? Listen, get this inside yourself. I know it's a heavy message, 
I know it's something that's like, ooh, like, it might hit you kind of hard. But these are three ways that you can truly be free in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Ooh, it's quiet. Our first thing is this. I beat temptation by having a clean heart. I beat temptation by having a clean heart. Listen, I've said this over and over again over the past couple of weeks. Our church is not in the business of behavior modification. We're not here to teach you just how to be good people. We're not here just to teach you how to just be the, 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 the good donating person. We're not just here to teach you how to be a good person on the surface. But we're teaching you how to receive the power of God, how to receive Jesus Christ from yourself so that the goodness comes out of you and it's not practiced. Does that make sense? The word of God says it's not what goes into, the, into a man that defiles, defiles him, but it's what comes out of a man that defiles him. Listen, you can try your best to play Christian all you want to. You can try your best and, and know the right things to say and, and be here for every service and, and be here on Sunday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and every day of the week. But if you don't have a clean heart, if your heart hasn't been cleaned by Christ, you're doing it for nothing. Let's not be two-faced. Let, let's not be two different people. Let, let, let's, let's truly be free in Jesus Christ. It starts with a clean heart. Back to 1 Corinthians 10 and 12, it says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. I think so many of us think that just because life is going good for a moment that we think we got it all together. And that's not the case. Is that we constantly have to be at the feet of Jesus. That even when my life is changed, even when I've seen transformation in my life, I have to continue at the feet of Jesus. That Philippians chapter 3 talks about pressing towards the mark, towards the upward call of Jesus Christ. Paul was saying, look, I haven't achieved perfection yet. I haven't gone on to the glory and been with the Father in heaven. I'm still pressing towards the mark. This has to be our heart as believers. This has to be our heart as Christians, even as young people. That, look, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together, but I'm pressing. I'm not, I, I don't know all the right things to do every time, but I can trust in a God that will give me guidance. You can only do that with a clean heart. I love the way it says in Psalm chapter 51. It's one of my favorite verses because I meditate on it often. Because listen, even as the preacher, even as the pastor, I fall short. I make mistakes. I, 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 I sin sometimes. But if, if I don't go back to the feet of Jesus, look, I'm nothing without Christ. And when you read Psalms chapter 51, this was, this was a man that was repenting for the thing that he had just did. David, not only did he sleep with another man's wife, but he killed that man and set him up. That he had lied, that he had killed, that he had been an adulterer. And, and the best place that he found to go back to was back to the feet of God. Psalm chapter 51 from verse 7, it reads this. It says, purify me from my sins and I will be made clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. 
This is the heart of a believer. This is the heart of somebody that wants to turn towards God. It's like, look, God, in my brokenness, I'm not trying to give you a piece of myself. I'm not just trying to compartmentalize and say, look, God, you take the hard stuff, and I'll just take the stuff I can handle. God, I can handle the sin. You take the hard sins. God, 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 I can handle my relationships, but you, you take my finances. Like, like God, you, you, you take my anger and, and my emotional issues, and I'll handle this addiction on my own. As long as nobody knows, I'm fine. As long as everybody thinks I'm holy, I'm fine. But that's not the life of clean living. That's not the life of a clean heart. That David, in his moment, in his darkest moment, in his most broken moment, in the moment where he had no hope, he turned towards God and said, look, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Remind me of the joy of your salvation. Because David in that situation, because his heart is in the process of being clean, in the process of being sanctified, he's looking at guys like, look, my joy can only come from you. God, my happiness, my contentment can only come from you. God, I can't, I can't find any contentment in any uh, temptation. I, I can't find any contentment in any addiction. I can't find any contentment in any relationship. God, I can only find contentment and joy and peace and, and everything that I need from you. This is the part that we need uh, uh, in beginning of us having a clean heart. Our first point was having a clean heart. Our second point is this. In order for me to beat temptation, I have to have an adequate supply. I have to have an adequate supply. Like, listen, when you ask God for something, something that's of his will, he doesn't run out of it. When you ask God for peace, God doesn't run out of peace. When you ask God for joy, he doesn't run out of joy. When you ask God uh, for the things that you need to, to, to sustain you in your life, he doesn't run out of it. And we talked about it before that God has, has an abundance and riches and grace and mercy and love. God's balling. He's an adequate supplier. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this. Three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak in my own understanding, when I am weak into the things that I can do, when I come to that realization, then God can really work. When I get out of the way of myself, then God can really work. When I get out of the way of trying to supply my own needs, then is when God starts to supply the needs. God is an adequate supplier. That, that, that Paul was talking about this thing that was burdening him, this thing that, that, that it doesn't describe exactly what it was. And I thank God that they didn't because that way we can apply this scripture to any hard points of our lives and knowing that it's, it's okay that you're praying to God, take this away from me, God, take Take this addiction away from me, God. Take, take this sadness away from me, God. Take this bad thing away from me. He's like, look, my grace is sufficient enough for you. It's sufficient enough. That means that it's enough that if God was to go pay for your bill, it would be enough. 
If God was to pay off your debt that you owed, it would be enough. And this is, this is the point that I'm trying to get to, is this. God is an adequate supplier. You know, a lot of times when we're looking at this temptation and we see the, the momentary pleasure that we can get out of it, and, and we trick ourselves into thinking that, look, I can handle this thing. I can handle dabbling in it. Or I can handle just, you know, just playing with it for just a little bit. Here's the thing. What we don't realize in ourselves is that we've taken God out of the equation as our supplier and we made the thing our supplier. That, that, that if you're, you're seeking after some type of peace and some type of rest in, in relationships, you've made that relationship your God. That if you're seeking after lust and, and having a, a lustful lifestyle and an addiction to pornography, you've made pornography your God. Because ultimately, this is what you're saying. I can only find joy in this. I can only find peace in this. I can only find contentment in this. When we realize the more and more that you seek after earthly things, the more and more you realize that it's not adequate enough to fulfill your needs. In a book that I'm reading, it's saying, like filling up a broken cistern. A cistern was this thing, almost like a well. It was a big, big, like, 120-gallon jug that they would fill water with so that people can come through and get water for, the, for their families. Now, imagine if that's cracked at the bottom. This is, what it, this is what the word is trying to say. It's like, look, you trying to fulfill yourself up with, the, with, 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 with uh, worldly things is like filling up a, a big bucket with holes in the bottom. That you can keep trying to fill it up, and you're going to work yourself to death trying to fill it up, and it'll never be fulfilled. This is why I started with the fact of saying having a clean heart. Because once your heart has been clean, once it's been renewed, once it's been repaired, then you can get filled up. You guys, you guys hear me? Once we start off with a clean heart, once we recognize that God is our adequate supplier, then we can be filled up. And as we continue to receive that strength and that grace and that mercy and that peace, and that joy and that contentment that leads us to our last point. You can come up, wisdom. In order to beat temptation, I have to have a clean heart. I have to have an adequate supply. And lastly, I have to build healthy endurance. Healthy endurance. Because a lot of us think that, okay, well, as long as I can pick this up, and I can curl it, I'm fine. I can keep it moving. I can make it look like everything is natural. I can walk around. I can be fine. But after a while, things start to get tiring, and I start to get weak, and I start to fall short. And every facade that I was trying to build up, it crumbles. Every facade of me trying to seem like I'm strong, it starts to crumble. That the standard of myself, of trying to make myself seem like I'm strong, it, it really appears of me lacking the thing that I need to keep this thing going. That by taking on temptation, that, that I'm somehow fooling myself that I'm righteous enough to overcome it on my, own, on my own strength. And that is so far from the truth. That none of us are righteous. No, not one. That we all fall short of the glory of God. But praise God that we have somebody that interceded on our behalf in Jesus Christ. Somebody that was adequate enough. Somebody that was holy enough. 
Somebody that knew sin but never committed sin. You know Jesus faced temptation himself, right? It says 40, it says, it says after he had been baptized, he was leading to the wilderness to go fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And after those 40 days and 40 nights, the tempter came, the devil came, and he took an opportunity to tempt our Lord and Savior. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but he had tempted him three times. And he had constantly tempted him by, by, by threatening who his identity was. He always said, if you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God, prove it to me that you're the Son of God. But God was so steadfast in who he was. God was so steadfast in the will of God. God was so unified with the will of God that he's like, I don't have to prove to you and prove to you something that I already am. He tried to, he tried to come up to him and say, look, Jesus, I know you're hungry. It says that, you know, if you wanted to turn a rock into bread, you can do it. Go ahead, Jesus. Go ahead and, go ahead and make you one of them cheese biscuits from Red Lobster real quick. You can do it right if you're God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The devil tried to, tried to say, like, look, if you, if, you just, if you just bow down to me and you throw yourself off this, off this, uh, off this uh, high, high temple, then, then I'll give you everything that you see. Jesus is like, bro, first off, and the devil went further and quoted scripture and says, what well, says that if you fall, that the angels will come and scoop you up. And Jesus is like, that's true. He's like, but, but why would I prove to you, why would I prove my authority when I already have it? And he was tempted, and, and he, he was tempted to, to, to fall short of, of the glory that he had been called to. But he didn't. This is our example. That, that if our Savior gave us the example on how to walk, on how to be in tune and unified with God, how not to be led by his flesh. Trust me, his flesh was suffering. Y'all don't, don't eat for 40 minutes and y'all are acting up. He didn't eat for 40 days. Don't let your flesh rob you from what God is trying to bless you with. Don't let this wicked heart try to, try to rob you from the things of God that, that he wants to do in you. Listen, if we can all stand to our feet. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 13 says this. It says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Look around. We all experience temptation. But here's, here's, here's the good news, that God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. You guys want to know what the way out is tonight? The way out of temptation? It's not a five-step program or, or seven steps to beat temptation. The way out is Jesus. The way. Jesus made himself a way out of temptation so that we wouldn't have to be bound. 
so that we wouldn't have to give in to our lust, so that we wouldn't have to, to be tempted to do a thing that would fall short of the glory of God. And here's some encouragement, too, in James chapter 1. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you seek wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is an unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. This is the point that I was making of trying not to be two-faced. Like, God, I'll, 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 I'll praise you and I'll serve you in public, but I'm going to keep my private life to myself. Like, God, I'll refer to you on, on, on steps one through five, but I'll leave six through ten to me. No. Tonight is the night and the opportunity for you to give your life fully to Christ. Not just a portion of yourself, but to lay yourself down, like Romans chapter 12 says, as a living sacrifice. A part of you is not going to be enough. Listen, you can keep fooling yourself into thinking that you can give a part of yourself and overcome the things that have been holding you down, but that's not how things work. You're wondering why you're not seeing any, any things working. Give yourself to God. I'm not saying that you don't have enough faith. I'm, I, I, I'm imploring you and I'm asking you to search yourself and to ask yourself, have I truly submitted to God? Because the word of God literally says that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, if you start there, that's where you'll see growth. You'll be able to move mountains. The figurative language that it used, you'll be able to uproot, uproot a mulberry tree and throw it into the sea. This is the point that scripture was trying to make. That look, if you would have just a little bit of faith, if you would truly submit and follow Christ today, you'll see the change that you need to see. But listen and always understand that sanctification is going to be a process. That everybody's testimony isn't always, well, I was tempted last night, but I'm good the next day. No, this is going to be a struggle. That you can say, you know what? I'm having a struggle with, 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 with toxic relationships right now. I'm having a struggle with idolatry. I'm putting things in front of God when I shouldn't. I'm having a struggle with an addiction to pornography. These are the things that you have to recognize. Look, because as long as you're still struggling, as long as you're still in the fight, as long as you're putting God where he needs to be, you will see victory. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Continue to seek after God. It starts with a clean heart. It, it, it continues with having an adequate supply. And you'll see that work by having a healthy endurance. That endurance isn't in yourself. That endurance isn't, isn't by how, how well you can handle the temptation on your own. But that endurance comes through how often and how willing you are to, to run towards Christ. To flee from things like sexual immorality and to turn towards God. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, 
I'm encouraging you to call out to God. You know what thing you've been dealing with. You know what sins you have committed. Now is not the time for you to act like God doesn't know. That God knows your sin, he sees your sin, and yet he's giving you the opportunity to come back to him. Don't wait like you have time. Don't wait like you know when the hour is coming or Jesus is coming back. Because the word of God says that he's coming back soon. If you're here today and you want a clean heart, you want to be purified of your sins, you want to know the joy that is the salvation of Jesus Christ, I encourage you, whether you are here in person or at home, to raise your hand. Amen. I see your hand. Is there anybody else? If you're in the chat, raise your hand. Leave us a little thing in the, in, in the chat. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you today. God, we thank you for your tremendous grace. We thank you for your unmerited favor, God. We didn't do anything to deserve it. God, but you loved us enough to make a way for us. God, that there is no temptation that, that isn't uncommon to, uh, to, 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 the, to our family, Lord God. That we are not alone in this fight, Lord. That in, in you we have our strength, God. In you we will know what purity really is. In you we will know what it, it truly means to be complete and made perfect. So God, I, I, I am praying that we move away from, from, from feeling condemned, Lord God, and we feel the conviction that you're placing on our hearts to turn towards you. God, that, that now is not the time for condemnation. Now is the time for conviction. For your people to turn from the darkness and turn towards your marvelous light. God, we are sensitive to your voice right now. We are ready to, to receive the things that you have for us. Just like your word says, creating us a clean heart, renewing us a right spirit, restoring to us the joy of your salvation, God. Continue to lead us. Continue to guide us, Lord. God, we are not just saying that we believe in you with our mouths, Lord, but we believe in our hearts, Lord God. And because we believe in our hearts on the inside, we will confess in our, with our mouths, Lord God, in who you really are. That we have come to the revelation and the, and the realization that you are the Christ, that you are the Son of the living God. And your word says that in whom the Son sets free is free indeed, God. That we won't just do the things that will set us free, but we will do things that will keep us free, God. That we will trust in your word. When we don't have the knowledge and the wisdom on how to navigate our temptation, God, we will turn towards you. That your word says, Lord God, that if we ask, Lord God, that you give generously. So tonight we are asking for you to generously give your wisdom. We are asking, Lord God, for you to, to, to show your presence in this place tonight, Lord God. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for the people that gave their lives to Christ today? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah.